0: Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington.
1: And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. You know what? We're down to, well, it would be, what, two weeks now to Christmas? Something like that.
0: Have you done all your shopping? You all set for the holidays? Well, he- that's Hello, two Bill. Questions.
1: <laughs> uh, that's two questions. Which yes. <laughs> one do you want answered? Uh, Have I done all my shopping? Yes. No.
0: And okay. Am I
1: set for the holidays? No. Never. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. <laughs> But, you know, I've learned over the years, I used to buy gifts for my wife and stuff like that, and I thought, my God, she'll love this, especially jewelry. I would go Mm -hmm. out, and in the darkness of the the night by myself, I'd buy something that I thought, ooh, that necklace or that bracelet or that ring will look so nice on her. She'll love it. And then my daughters would say, hey, Dad, let's see what you bought Mom before you show it to her, right? And so I'd say, okay, come on in, because I was excited. And I would take them in and open up the box. I'd show them the ring. What do you think? And they'd look at it like uh either she, either they say two one of two things. Dad, she's got one. Oh, okay. That they were that. Or oh dad, it's awful. <laughs> so you know what I learned over the years? I learned Owned by jewelry. No, really, the, the finest thing you can get to the person in your life is cash. <laughs> really. That way you can't lose. You know, here's some cash. I, you know, I love you. Have a merry Christmas. Now go buy something you really want, because I'm yeah, not gonna yeah, guess here's anymore. Here's the
1: money. It's, it's the gift that says I. Uh, I <laughs> thought about it, and then after thinking about it, I decided that I really shouldn't think about it and just give you the money.
0: <laughs> I thought better about it. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Jeez. Hey, Bill, they had another Twitter dump. Boy, I will tell you, they're doing a lot of those things. Uh, Elon Musk is. Following through with his promise to, uh, you know, to to make Twitter a better place, and he's doing this by doing a mea culpa. You know, mea culpa meaning mm-hmm. I'm heartily sorry, and um, and and he's showing all of these different uh, documents that point to different things. He's opened up first. The first dump was pretty special. We all thought, but come to find out, it was the weakest of all of the dumps. Mm-hmm. that he's had, and I think he's had four so far, and he's got more coming in a matter of days. We might see another one today.
1: Um, yeah, you know, the one thing that, uh, the, the one revelation that came out, and I thought, well, that's a big deal to you? They said, did Michelle really ask that Trump be yes. banned? I that well, really. Yes, yes, she did.
0: That really no. got my attention. First of all, she always pretended like she was the least political first lady we've ever had. I mean, she was there for Barack, but she never made comments about the political things in public. But apparently she's very political, very, very political.
1: Well, you know, uh, the guy's his name starts with a D, Dorsey, Dorsey, something like that, the guy that was kind of like. Yeah,
0: Jack Dorsey.
1: Dorsey, that's it. Uh, Yeah, but he was overseas when they decided that they were going to you know, ban Trump, and uh, they got a hold of him, and he said, well, that's fine. He goes, of course, you know, you realize this is only temporary because our policy is that when you ban somebody, they get to come back in a couple of weeks, which forced the people at Twitter that were there going, we got to change this policy. We don't like this guy. We, we, and we're, they didn't say, well, I don't know that they said that but we're under marching orders that we got to get rid of them so they changed their policy about Trump and conservatives based on that they didn't want to just ban them for two weeks or or any republican they wanted us gone forever mm-hmm. it's one it's their word and their word only you know they became a, a fascist set a platform
0: what's interesting is that This is maybe the most important information we've received from anyone, anywhere, at any time. I mean, really, people may say, well, how important is getting all this stuff from Twitter? Well, what it's showing us is that the government directly interfered with a presidential election. I mean, that's interference. And they did so on the biggest communications platform of our time. You may say, well, what do you mean? It's not as big as television networks. It's not as big as. No, it really is bigger than the TV networks. It's
1: global. Yeah, and James Baker, who, you know, with the FBI and all that, became their lead counsel at Twitter, the old Twitter, and was there when Musk took over that he fired, and he fired James Baker because all of a sudden when he was doing the first Twitter dump and everyone said, why did it stop, get suspended for a little bit, that was so James could run in there and do damage control and start going through and destroying evidence, documents. Unbeknownst and, to Elon Musk. And so Elon fired him. Yep. Now, it, that plot that plot thickens and moves forward because a, a reporter asked, um, you know, uh, Corinne Jean-Via, or whatever yeah. her name is, I right. always get it wrong, but uh, they asked her about that and Biden and uh, talking to James Baker. And she got upset and she really got flabbergasted about it because they did have communications with him. That means the old white house and the current white house have been sitting there manipulating and controlling. Sure. You know, the, the, you know, Twitter. And if they control that, what other, you know, four horsemen or five horsemen are there out there? There's. Yeah, you know, there's there there's Microsoft, there's Amazon, how do you there's have Google. Fi- how you got- do you
0: have 51 former intelligence people doing a story on the front page of the New York Daily News? I don't know whether you remember seeing the picture, yeah. uh, the front page. And 51 people saying that President Biden did nothing wrong. There was nothing about the Hunter Biden story that's of any importance. And that essentially what they were saying was... That President Trump was full of it. Okay. The fact mm-hmm. is, he was right on the money and they were lying.
1: Yeah, and they're going to sit there and they're they're already belittling him all the all they can. Uh they're they're doing everything they can to take him out. Apparently, there are people at the RNC now that supposedly mm-hmm. are saying they hope that Trump gets arrested before 2024, at least by 2024. Uh, because uh, they they want them out of their hair, so that means corruption is deep. Oh, wait a on second, both party sides.
0: Uh, what is it? Rona McDa- Rona McDaniels, yeah, the, yeah, She came out well, with her little black. Do you know her, her maiden name is Romney? Yeah, okay, she's the niece of Mitt Romney. They're yeah. not close, <laughs> okay. Let me just leave it at that. They're not buds, and uh. As a matter of fact, over the weekend, Mitt Romney came out and said, hey, look, there's nothing to be seen here in this Hunter Biden case. Why don't you just forget about it, go on to things that the people want to talk about, like immigration and and mm-hmm. uh, defense and, and fuel and the economy, all this stuff. He was trying to defer, but what he didn't tell you was that his chief of staff was on the board of uh, directors at Barisma with Hunter Biden, and maybe what mm-hmm. he was really afraid was... Some of that uh, backsplash was going to h- end up on an uh, Uncle Mitt, if you know what I mean.
1: Well, did he get anything? I mean, look, uh, the media, uh, well, it's controlled. So we're never going to get the true story ever, ever, ever. Uh, tw- uh, Not in this you know, environment. Elon's doing though. a great job. They're even trying to say that Elon's uh, intent on doing this is a diversion. Uh, so he can take on you know, the other big guys because he's just a little pebble in the stream, and that's not the case. Mm.
0: Well, over the weekend, uh, Miranda Devine was on Life, Liberty, and Levin with Mark Levin, and she mm-hmm. if you don't know who Miranda Devine is, she is the lady, the reporter, who broke the story about Hunter Biden on the New York Post. It was a it was a, terrific, uh, a terrific job that she did but she got no uh, no coverage from any of the other uh, big newspapers or TV networks. Uh, they ignored her completely. They uh, they made it sound—and it's amazing how they do that, friends. If you don't think that President Trump is right when he says fake news, just look at this story and see how they have avoided purposely what is maybe the biggest story of our lifetime, the uh, the taking of a presidency. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they've just turned their back on it. They pretend that if, if they don't talk about it, well, it didn't happen. Exactly. And uh, Miranda Devine was on with Mark, and and it's uh, it, it's it's quite a an eye-opening uh, interview. Let me start off with the, the first part, which is not very long.
2: This was election interference. The, the disinformation was coming from the FBI, the CIA. It was coming from Twitter and Facebook. It was coming from Adam Schiff. It was coming from Democratic operatives who fanned out in a very deliberate operation to... To basically decry our story, to discredit the laptop, to discredit the stories that were about Joe Biden were very damaging to one of the candidates for presidency. And what it showed was that Joe Biden was involved in his son Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. And Joe Biden had lied to the American people repeatedly during the campaign. So this was an extremely damaging story that came out through. weeks before the election, and they were absolutely determined by Cook or by Crook that they were going to kill that story, and they pretty much succeeded.
0: Yeah, they pretty much did succeed.
1: They killing. absolutely did. And you know what? They don't have a problem with that. And the, I've heard discussion by this media that's out there that, that was all a part of this that sat there and said, well, sometimes you have to do things like They this. justify it. They justify, they justify yeah. the steal. It's amazing. They
0: they things like free speech, the free uh, things that are constitutional, they have a tendency now to to laugh at and to minimize, like, well, it's really not that important, or it's not meant that way. They'll they'll redefine what free speech is. Free speech is free to to only a certain number of people. You know, if right, you're saying the, the wrong thing.
1: They don't believe in. And, uh, you know, but if we talk about the Constitution, right? you know, it's not important. If they talk about it, oh, it's it's the Holy Grail.
0: Yeah. And usually when they talk about the Constitution, it's an interpretation. Do you know, just think of how the people on the left define the Constitution. They'll call it, and this is a pretty standard definition right now, a living, breathing document. And it is not a living, breathing document. It was written a certain way, and was to be interpreted the way it was written, not to be redefined.
1: But how many how many years have we been hearing that from the left? The living, breathing document. I yeah. think that goes back to the Clintons.
0: Oh, it goes probably goes back before that. Probably goes back to uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, where I first heard it. Maybe maybe during the Carter administration. Living, breathing document. You know. Uh, that,
1: that that tells you how far back corruption goes. So then if it goes back that far, it's pretty deep. And then the question, you know, really has to be, are we ever going to be able to fix it? Well, I, I was
0: going to talk to you about that after we finish. It's amazing. We're on the same page, but I have one more segment with Miranda Devine. And then I'd like to talk to you about that. How do we fix this? If we can. Okay. Here's part two of Miranda Devine's interview with Mark Levin on life, liberty, and
3: Levin last night. He had stories popping from the New York Post even though everybody else was trying to cover it up and censor it. Were you ever contacted by Attorney General Bill Barr's office or the FBI Director's office, Christopher Wray, to debrief them on what was on this Laptop?
2: No, but I really wouldn't expect to be. Uh, I think that would be kind of improper. And we know, I mean, Rudy Giuliani knew better than I did what was on the laptop, and he was President Trump's personal lawyer. So they could have gone to him. Um, But, look, I think at the time, um, just after we published and were censored by Facebook and Twitter, uh, you had the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, Adam Schiff, the Democrat, was on CNN, on MSNBC, everywhere, saying that the laptop was a smear from the Kremlin, that it was a plant. And that is exactly what Joe Biden said in his final debate against Donald Trump, using that scurrilous letter from the 51 former intelligence officials who had declared that it was Russian disinformation. And so uh, at, at one point, Um, shortly after Schiff started fanning out and and putting his disinformation into the media, we had John Ratcliffe, who was the DNI, decided that this had to be uh, answered, even though it was just before an election, three weeks before an election. He decided that he uh, had to put out a statement saying, no, uh, that this was not Russian disinformation. There's absolutely no evidence of that. Uh, And uh, he asked the FBI... Um, Christopher Ray to do the same thing and he spoke to Bill Barr about it and Bill Barr agreed that that ought to be done and so he put out a pretty unequivocal statement saying that it wasn't Russian disinformation. And then from the FBI, from not from Christopher Ray, but from a woman, some spokeswoman for him, uh, there was this really wishy-washy statement saying, basically, we don't disagree with what the DNI says, but not the full-blooded uh, refutation of Adam Schiff's lies. And Christopher Wray ought to have known that they were lies because he had... The laptop. He knew that it was real. And not only that, you would have expected that the FBI and the intelligence services knew what Hunter Biden was up to, because they had to have been keeping tabs on him when he was in China on a crack bender, because that was a threat to national security. He was the son of the vice president. So they knew what was going on. And uh, Christopher Ray, for whatever reasons, decided that he would just lie low and do the bare minimum of what
3: he'd been asked to do by Bill Barr. But this is why I'm perplexed, to be perfectly honest with you. You say the FBI would know, uh, Bobalinski was brought in at some point, he gave information to the FBI, there's information on that laptop that raises serious questions about Joe Biden, I mean really hardcore information that raises questions about Joe Biden. You've got these uh, intel individuals, national security people, jumping into the fray with their letter. You've got this coming up in the debate. And I can't imagine, as a former Chief of Staff to an Attorney General, that I wouldn't walk into the Attorney General's office and say, Sir, we have a problem here. What do you want to do about it? Um, And as for Rudy Giuliani, apparently he was persona non grata over there at the Department of Justice for a long time. That's my understanding. Let me ask you this. Elon Musk, I think he's one of the greatest free speech believers since the founding of this country, quite frankly. I don't know of anybody who's done anything more. He's put his billions on the line. He buys Twitter. He's looking for the information that's in the system. He's releasing it. James Baker, the former direct uh, FBI uh, general counsel, obviously was involved in slow walking that too. Now he's been fired. What do you make of all that?
2: Well, look, I mean, (laughs) Elon Musk uh, is is certainly, he's talking a lot about free speech and transparency, but as yet we haven't seen a lot. Um, so I'm just going to park my admiration for him until I do see that he has released everything from the Twitter files because um, the release, the first release that he did via Matt Taibbi, the Substack journalist, was underwhelming to say the least because it was missing a crucial component, which was the FBI's interference. The FBI was went to Twitter and told them in weekly meetings uh, to expect uh, probably in October uh, a dump of information a hack and leak operation they called it, which would probably involve Hunter Biden. So they were pre-bunking our story before it even came out. And the FBI knew that it was coming out because they had been spying on Rudy Giuliani. Now I don't know if, if Christopher Ray knew, he must have known, I don't know if Bill Barr knew that there was a covert surveillance warrant on the, the lawyer of the President of the United States, Rudy Giuliani. But they spied on his cloud for two years and so in 2020 they had access to all his emails and messages. They would have seen in August of 2020 the email that came in from the computer repair shop guy John Paul MacIsaac, giving him chapter and verse on all the nefarious activities on the laptop. Screenshots, uh, a really forensic explanation of the national security problems on the laptop that has stood the test of time. He's a smart guy. And Rudy Giuliani and his lawyer, Bob Costello, saw immediately that this was a big problem. Uh, And so the FBI had access to that. Then they knew uh uh-oh, this story is going to come out. Then, of course, they had access to my messages with Rudy Giuliani uh, in uh, early October discussing um, getting the story into the paper and they also had of course the five hour interview with Tony Bobolinski, Hunter's former business partner
3: and Of course they're trying to disbar Rudy in various jurisdictions and they're trying to imprison Rudy yeah. and charge him with some kind of crime or something of that sort, it's really unbelievable Well Miranda Devine I want to thank you you have done fantastic work For many years now, you're the sort of the go-to expert on this, and I want to thank you very much. God bless you.
2: Thanks so much, Mark.
3: Okay, so
0: you may ask yourself, why is Miranda Devine underwhelmed at what we've seen so far from Elon Musk? And, 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 you know, like Mark Levin, who's a very smart guy, he was very impressed with Elon Musk, as am I. But Mm -hmm. I think it's because Miranda Devine being a reporter— she has her own sources. She has done her own deep dive into all this stuff. So she's not relying totally on what, what's coming out of Twitter. She knows people who probably have posted uh, bad things on Twitter, and she knows she hasn't
1: seen those things yet. You know, So she has her own sources. Well, that doesn't mean that Musk is not trying to get to all of it. There's a lot to, to sift through and going to be there to sift through. Which is
0: what I thought, but, too, yeah.
1: But, but there is an attack on Elon Musk. Why is he doing this? Is it in, and you know the left is trying to say he's doing it for profit to take the, you know, to take the focus off of him and put it on the big boys uh, over on the other side of the fence because this is all a business proposition. Well, okay, he is there to make money. You know, and now they're saying, "Well, he overpaid for it, so this is uh, you know uh, a wah type situation." Well, yeah, he did overpay for it, but he's got some great plans for the platform. It could be so right. much and a great uh, freedom of speech platform, and he knows he that. Cut he cut is, but he is a profiteer. He is a, a business guy. He,
0: he cut over two thousand jobs already yeah. and people people right off the bat said oh well there he goes he's going to fail because he cut 2000 from the workforce uh it actually increased their productivity
1: yeah he- and now those 2000 people are trying to sue him for back wages or severance pay and you know my contention is you put a freeze on everything for those people based on this information because those people now are at least they need to be vetted in the fact that they're guilty of uh, being a part of this massive you know crime espionage treason whatever you want to call it this what happened is illegal
0: we talked about I, our situation with twitter on friday and we had opened an account Am I correct bill and we, we hadn't, opened an account and we, we had posted it, up, it looked nice we hadn't posted it,
1: anything yet right we posted nothing, and I got a ban notice saying, "You have been banned. You can you can read posts, but you cannot participate in posts." So I I, you know, flagged back and said, "Gee, that's interesting. You know, we haven't posted one single thing, and we've been banned. The only thing that was there, and this was for our streaming site, right, was the name C R N America, right." And I said, "So what's offensive, we- America?"
0: Yeah, so I think that our reputation precedes us. <laughs> I hate the sound. There are some people who more people know about what we talk about on this show than we, even, right. even we think. And we only talk about what we think are honest stories and our opinion about those stories. So yeah. what happened afterwards, Bill? You you, you replied well, to Well, I
1: posted, I posted the, uh, the post that I was going to post on Getter and on Truth Social. And then with the dilemma of what was going on with our Twitter account, I said, well, you know, we're on Twitter, but you won't be seeing anything on this. And my hopes was is that it would get some reaction somewhere within 24 hours without anything. Now, I haven't checked the CRN America Mail, uh, but within 24 hours, uh, all of a sudden, the ban was lifted. I didn't make any of the post. And they went back and posted, you know, the current show and they went and grabbed it themselves because I and physically also you told the me, show.
0: You told me today that our listenership on CRN America is up over yeah. the weekend and you didn't do anything. Yeah, it's, to... a,
1: it's not a big, bold amount because we haven't promoted it. But we haven't
0: exactly. Other than mention it on the show, like we're doing now, we've done nothing to promote the show. Uh, right. to the the streaming network rather because to be honest with you we're still working out some of the technical bugs which by the way I, I heard over the weekend it sounds pretty good it sounds no it,
1: it, if you listen to CRN America right now yeah what are you going to hear there you're going to hear uh, Jim and Bill and yeah. you're going to hear about four shows deep we want to put other things in there maybe a you know maybe a a, a conservative uh, economic show to kind of talk about different types of shows. We're not going to do them. We're going to look for other people. But
0: you know, that's... Right. It's the beginning of a uh, a new streaming network. And even with our show, even if you like listening to us, you'll like CRN America because the shows, for the most part, stay evergreen, four mm-hmm. deep. You know. You think, well, yeah. that show's four days old. Yeah, but four days old is not old news, per yeah, se.
1: And, but we want to have a variety, not just our opinion. You know, now, obviously, we have a conservative slant, but we don't want it just to be, you know, well, it's the way we say it is because somebody may have a different interpretation on the same thing. And you take them together, and then you can get a pretty good picture of what's going on. What it said to me was that
0: somebody at Twitter who's still employed was still censoring their uh, their posts. Yeah. You know, and uh, that I think I even read over the weekend where Musk knows this. He hasn't weeded out all of the uh, corrupt individuals. It's hard to do. I mean, they have a lot of people working for Twitter. If he got rid of two thousand, and they're still pretty well staffed, you know, I think they, I read where they had like thirteen thousand employees worldwide. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a lot of people working for, working for a social media company. But yeah, you, yeah you,
1: I mean, anybody that does what we are doing. And and you you try to grow your circle, in, right. in your reach, doing the streaming thing. Just be prepared that there's going to be some shenanigans out there because we sure as hell ran into it. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, over the um, uh, the past uh, week or so, uh, Cash Patel was interviewed about about uh, Christopher Ray and Bill Barr and their connection. This is before the most recent Twitter dump. And he reinforces what Miranda Devine said yesterday. And he said what he's saying here... he said it like a week ago.
4: Listen. Let's go from Russiagate to the laptop. Remember, Russiagate was the largest criminal conspiracy perpetrated by the likes of James Comey and his cabal. And, oh, yeah, James Baker, the former general counsel of the FBI, who just happens to be Twitter's deputy general counsel. But we'll get to that story in a second. These guys intentionally perpetrated this crime. Then they lied to the FISA court. They lied to the American people and the radical left media let them get away with it because they were their co-conspirators and didn't want the truth out. Now, here's my problem as a former federal prosecutor when we're talking receipts these documents exist and they existed that entire time and we only got about half of them out when we go to the 2020 election and you're talking about 2019 remember who was in charge of the fbi and doj bill barr and chris ray Any investigation involving a president's son, a presidential candidate's son, is handled by the attorney general and the director of the FBI directly, which means they authorized and permitted this investigation to be tanked. So the question has to be asked, why did they do that? Why didn't Bill Barr and Chris Ray put out this information? And why, more importantly, did they authorize the FBI to have weekly meetings with YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook up to the 2020 election? about Hunter Biden's laptop so they can craft a false narrative. It's Russiagate on replay on a magn- on a monumentally bigger scale. And I want Bill Barr and Chris Ray to testify before Congress for a week if necessary. But as you said, I want the receipts. And this Republican Congress coming in has to start sending out subpoenas on 1 January. All of this documentation exists. The one thing I learned from my time exposing Russiagate is these government gangsters are so arrogant, they actually write it all down. But we just have to go get it.
0: So what it said to me was it's not just Twitter. We're hearing, hearing about Twitter now, but it's uh, other social media companies too that they met with, uh, evidence uh, that they met with, uh, uh, I guess, the FBI, the State Department, CISA. They met with Facebook, YouTube, and Google, and they're working on other things right now. They're, they're doing some more investing. See, the mainstream media can ignore this, but they can only ignore it so long, I think.
1: Right. It, it, well, do, you got to realize that Google and uh, Face, are You, uh, YouTube and Google, are tied together. Right, The same ownership. Yep. So you know, you, but you've got the you've got the horsemen of the apocalypse right there, all lined up for us.
0: Yeah, and they are the biggest. All of them are, are the biggest. Yeah. Uh, Google is the biggest browser. YouTube is the biggest video streaming operation in in the world. Mm. Uh, Eat Rumbles nice, but YouTube is far and away. Bigger and uh, more influential than uh, than Rumble,
1: and and the Democratic Party had direct access to all of them. Now I hear I hear people on the left saying, "Oh, that's great," but you know we want to see what Trump got from them. All right, so maybe he got a maybe he got a bone here or there in a, in while he was president. I doubt it, but if he did, what are you going to do? Take that and magnify it by ten thousand? Because that's what you're going to have to do to even get close to what what uh, the Democrats have. They they controlled every piece of information that was disseminated and went into your your skull. So here we are. It's
0: uh, today is the uh, it's the 12th day of December, 12 12 mm-hmm. 22. We have pretty much proven to anybody who's paying attention. That there was interference in the 2020 election, big time, by the government. It's bad enough that there were interference by p- bad actors out in the private sector, but to have the federal government involve itself in the in the outcome of the election is beyond anyone anyone's imagination. I think.
1: Well, I, I think they're worried about their their world crumbling, but I also think uh, because what is the remedy of this? Do we go back and suspend the original election and say, well, then that means that we have to put in a, uh, a um, military, military government or put Trump back in. Well, they're in a scramble right now to find any way, nook, cranny corner that they can't any, any way that they can arrest Trump. That is what the move right now is to, to vilify him, demean him. And in their minds, hopefully arrest him so that if, if, it all does fall down the house of cards. They can have a player in place to uh, be there when it is resurrected.
0: And don't uh, they're not so fussy as to have to worry about like real reasons to arrest them. I think. I think the more desperate they get, the more casual the, they'll get about facts. I mean, well, let's just we'll we'll figure. Let's arrest them and figure something out. What was it? The, the old statement uh, was it Stalin. Uh, show me the man, and I'll show you the crime. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, they can arrest anybody and they'll fit a, a charge later, you know? And I think that with, with Trump, the more desperate they get, the closer they get to being un uncloaked, right, <laughs> to, the, to the general public, the more they're going to want to arrest him. And by arresting him, they'll think, well, now we can point all of our fingers at him is the culprit. He's the culprit. Change the narrative of what's going on, and it will uh, change what the outcome is for them. I mean, they'll think that if they can get Trump in jail, if they can start to tell people why they arrested him was for this, this, and this, and people start to believe that they won't look at the other things, the real truth that's out there. That's what that's what the the communists did with Stalin for. For decades, you know, I mean, he was uh, as corrupt as corrupt can be. They kept changing the story and making things up and arresting good people.
1: I'll simplify it for you. We, you know, they state, we know we are a nation of laws. We are governed by laws. How many laws are out there in the book, No books? No, I didn't go and look it up, but there are probably millions of laws. Mm-hmm. So you're driving down the street, going to the grocery store, And if an officer wants to pull you over for any reason, they can pull you over. Or, uh, well, all they need is probable cause or, yeah, you were driving suspiciously. If they want to detain you or take you into custody, uh, there's going to be a minor law that they can probably pull right out of their book that you don't know, wasn't on your driver's test, wasn't anywhere to be found. But I'm sorry, you violated that law. Same thing goes on in life. If they want to take you and put you under their thumb, well, they got you.
0: Look at the IRS. Look at the tax code alone. The tax code alone is so complex and so, so uh, deep that they, they can get you on anything. If you think you have the IRS beat, you never do. Because they have so many laws. They have laws that contradict laws. You know, you never go into an audit by yourself. You really, that's advice from yours truly. You hire a really good accountant who understands tax law, and you have them go in because they speak the same language. And even a good accountant will tell you, you know, you're going to probably have to settle somewhere because they'll never totally admit that they're wrong.
1: Oh no, no. No, well, you know, I went in once for an audit, and this is true. I went in, I won't give you all the details on it, but I actually won the audit, mm-hmm. you know, and I actually ended up getting a little bit more money back, but I'll be damned if I didn't get audited within 3 weeks or the next tax year. Sure, because in, you know, then I ended up owing money. You're red flag and having to cut a deal. Exactly. So they're, they're, you know, even when they lose one, eh, they're going, okay, let's go back and rewind this thing and let's go get them again. But let's go here because now they knew what you were up to.
0: Speaking of the IRS, you, I should point this out while I'm thinking about it. The new Congress, one of the first things they're supposedly going to do is eliminate the 87,000 new IRS agents that were just hired by uh, the current administration, 87,000 armed agents. Why an IRS agent has to walk around with
1: a gun when he's auditing your taxes? It's beyond me, but... uh... Well, there's only one place that true tax comes from, and that's the middle class. You either got to be dirt poor and not owe taxes, or you got to be filthy rich, and when they say, we're going to tax the rich, you got to understand something. You know, the rich, when you're that wealthy, you buy things based on collateral and your assets, and Mm-hmm. you can offset things with the capital gains. So in other words, that 4% goes out the freaking w- window. They don't really pay taxes. It's all a lie. It's all a manipulation and the the politicians know it cuz a lot of them are in the same boat. Yeah. They're not going to tax themselves. So, they throw it, you know, but they put that up there. It's a front. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's the middle class that is always going to bear the brunt. Yeah, we pick they up the tab. Wanna... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they just They want to make it look like they're doing something, but it's you that's getting screwed every damn time. Don't forget it, and when it happens to you, think back to what I just said.
0: Over the weekend, something else happened, uh, which was interesting. Uh, You probably have heard about it. I guess it was on Friday that Kristen... uh, You actually mentioned it, I think, on Friday's show as we were getting ready to end the show. Yeah, yeah,
1: Kristen Sinema.
0: Yeah, she she dropped uh, her party affiliation. She's no longer a Democrat. She's an independent. Here's what she had to say.
5: We make decisions about what's best for ourselves, our family, and our community. And so we don't spend a lot of time thinking about is this a Republican idea or is this a Democratic idea? Is this liberal or is this conservative? That's not how Arizonans think. What we think about is what's right for my family? What's right for my community? What's right for my future? There's nothing better than waking up in Arizona, nothing. Whether you're waking up in Bisbee or Phoenix or Prescott, you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself, I live in a place where I can be whoever I wanna be. What I love about serving is that I get to hear from Arizonans day in and day out about what's working in Washington or more frequently, what's not working in Washington. And I really am grateful that folks have trusted me to take back those concerns that they have. I promised them I would be an independent voice for our state. I promised that I would always do what is right for the people of Arizona. And that's what I've done. Registering as an independent and showing up to work with the title of independent is a reflection of who I've always been. And it's a reflection of who Arizona is. It's a reflection of the folks that I talk to at the grocery store here from at the park. It's who we are as a people. We don't line up to do what we're told. We do what's right for our state and for our country. I'm gonna be the same person I've always been. That's, that's who I am. I'm gonna show up to work. I'm gonna do my best for Arizona. I'm gonna to continue to deliver results for everyday people. Nothing's gonna change for me. And I don't think anything's going to change for Arizona. And I think Arizonans across the state are going to say, yeah, that's the Kirsten we elected. That's who we sent to D.C. And she's doing exactly what we asked her to do. And there's nothing that Arizonans deserve more than a senator who gets stuff done.
0: Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is the phrase, uh, Mm -hmm. day late and a dollar short. Okay, and I'll tell you why. All right. She's two years. She's two years uh, into this administration. Her state is a border state. They've been inundated uh, by with illegals coming across the border into Arizona, and right. she's done basically nothing. So now, now she's gonna drop the party affiliation. Which, by the way, Bill, she's keeping all of her appointments that uh, Schumer had given her. So she's still, and she, I think she's still gonna caucus with the Democrats. So that says to me, what are you really changing other than your label?
1: You know, now. Yeah, the, now there was a question about the caucus. She wasn't going to caucus with the Republicans. They weren't sure if she was going to caucus with the Democrats. But if she is, you know what, um, you know, I see, I I think the jury is out on her. Uh, but I can tell you this, with her doing what she did, the Democrats are going to sit there and uh you know they're going to run against her in 4 years yeah. when she has to run again
0: they also are going to i'm sure sure they're going to wine and dine uh, mansion in west virginia because if i got it straight now it's 50-50 again in in it's the 50-50
1: Senate. but they still got kamala yeah they're going to they but you know
0: mansion but if mansion if mansion goes over or if mansion drops out of the party and becomes an independent then correct me if i'm wrong they lose the majority
1: Right, and they, they don't get the power to do all the appointments that they want to do and have the, uh, have the reign of control. Mm-hmm. So uh, Manchin is now, from being the guy that was being poo-pooed by the Democratic yes. Party, just through osmosis, he's become a very important sure. player and <laughs> probably can say, well, let's see, my state is, what was that? It's a coal state, yeah. uh, West Virginia. Man, I would be playing that sucker up as much as I could if I were him.
0: And I'm sure that the Republicans are probably offering him the world to uh, to join their party. but uh, we'll see. But it's interesting. Yeah. I, that was a kind of a blind side to everybody. Nobody expected her to leave the party, but uh, I, I think that's uh, I, I personally I think it's a wolf in sheep's sheep's clothing thing. yeah. I don't trust her. Uh, the, she's, I'm an independent now, and I'm going to stand up for the people of Arizona. Well, why the heck didn't you do it f- for the first uh, two years of this administration? Why weren't you raising hell in Washington about all of these uh, I- illegal immigrations and the drugs coming into your state? All of a sudden, two years into it, you decide, oh, I have an epiphany? Oh, wait a second. Maybe I should be an independent. I'll have more freedom. You know,
1: Well, I- you said it, and the Democrats have said it. She really didn't do anything while she was there. You know, she's kind of vacillated in her political career What she was a progressive, then a Democrat, a corporate Democrat. Now she's going independent, and the Democrats are saying, well, yeah, she's moving over to be a corporate Republican. And I'm like going, interesting, the word corporate, because, you know, they're basically, to me, identifying themselves in that deep state, yeah. you know, when they do the corporate thing. But, yeah,
0: see what she does. Well, time will tell how uh, how she How she acts, I guess. I guess actions speak louder than words. So we'll see what her actions are in the uh, not-too-distant future. Other thing that I found interesting, Bill, the World Health Organization in October, Mm -hmm. um, they had a, uh, what do they call it, a pandemic simulation. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Uh, World Health Organization Johns Hopkins and Bill Gates conducted in October a pandemic simulation, and this simulation, by the way, it in the simulation, the virus that they were going after was targeting children. Okay. Really? Yes. So my question is, is is just a simulation, or is it practice for something they have in the pipeline coming down the road? Because I've heard Bill Gates constantly say, oh, there's more viruses on the way. You know, there's more viruses coming. You understand something, Bill? We went 100 years between pandemics. You know, we had one in 1918 and then one in 2020 or whatever,
1: 2019. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's interesting. And they talk about, yeah, you got to mask up and this whole nine yards. And, you know, because you don't, you you know, our immune system. Hell, you know what? We're still reeking or not reeking, but we're probably benefiting from the black plague because our immune system was tested so much and it evolved so much from that we benefit from it today. And I'm not saying these viruses are a good thing, but I'm just saying they're taking real natural science, right. nature science, and throwing it out the window because they want to lock us down.
0: And there's a lot of questions about the vaccine that came out with lots of questions. I mean, I, 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 you know me, friends. I, I've told you, uh, I've been honest with you, I, I got the first two shots. I got them because I believed at the time that what I was doing was right. It's a long story, and I won't get into it, but that's what I believed at the time. I do not believe it. I even told my doctor, I said, I'm done. I'm done. It's too and done for me. I know they want mm-hmm. you to boost every year, and they want you to get this and that, but there's too many questions right now. Too many young people are dying you know, who got the shots and the boosters.
1: Every day I look in the news, and I see some athlete dying. You know, I got to ask you a question. Why is it on the vaccine? Uh, you, you can sit there and buy cough medicine and you have the warning label of the things that it might do to you. And and, and sometimes it's just like it reads like a joke when well, I can get right. diarrhea. Uh, but the COVID, it just seems there are no warning labels on it. There's none. They
0: give you, I think I told this, this last week, but it's true. I even saw it again. and realized that it was even worse than I saw the first time. You know how you uh, get a prescription, and they give you this tiny little piece of paper. Maybe it's like a half an inch, you know, mm-hmm. you know thick. And you open it up, and you spread it out, and it becomes the size of a, a a blanket for your bed, you know. And and it has usually page after page of nonsense that you'll never read, and stuff that you can't possibly understand. But they put it there, and they put in that in that sea of words, they also. Will say things like uh, yes, and if you take it uh, in some situations, you may die, and things like that. the disclaimers that you, you'll never read. But with the mRNA vaccines that came out, they gave you that little page, tiny little page. When you unfolded the thing, it wasn't some words on it and some pages black. It was completely empty. In the middle of it, said uh, text intentionally. Uh, removed, or, or something along those lines. T- 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 text intentionally deleted. It was essentially a huge piece of blank paper. It was theater. It was theater. Yeah. You're supposed to look at that little thing that you're never going to read, and yeah, you throw it away. If you open it up, you see that it has nothing. They
1: didn't lie to you. They're saying, yeah, we blanked it out. So yes. that's what there's they're doing. I saw... Uh, a story the other day where somebody was going in for a treatment and the hospital said, you know, we can't tell you that you have to get the vaccine, but here's the cold, hard truth. We don't have to give you any of the treatments and we won't sit there and um, perform anything on you because you're not vaccinated. In In other words, get vaccinated, get treated or deal with it on your own and it made me wonder. Okay. Now you you've been vaccinated, I have not. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that aren't vaccinated. They're going, "Yeah, I'm not going to touch it." All right. Well, let's say God forbid you get in an accident, all of a sudden you need a blood transfusion. Well, your blood may come from somebody that was vaccinated. Yep. You know, and if you request unvaccinated if you in, blood from Bill, somebody. If you're that's unconscious,
0: if you are unconscious and it's life-threatening, would they give you the would they give you the blood Well, they have to.
1: I guess, theoretically, they have to. So at some point in time, they're going to want you to wear some kind of identifier yeah, uh, or have something that identifies that you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated. And once we do that, then they get to divide us, saying, well, I'm sorry, Uh, it's clear that you're not vaccinated. You can't get on this plane.
0: Well, Bill, based upon what we just talked about in the blank piece of paper, who's to say that there isn't something in the vaccine that they can scan to tell whether you have had the vaccine?
1: Well, if you know, they, they talk about, you know, the biggest, biggest, biggest semiconductor thing out there is not really semiconductors. It's nanos, nanites, which are microscopic. that can fit into a vaccine and be shot into you from a hypodermic needle. Totally conspiracy thing here, but let's say that you have one nanite that needs to meet another nanite and together, They form a piece of a circuit. And then another shot comes in and gives you three other different nanites, and they all get together. And all of a sudden, you got a chip. You know, (laughs) you, yeah, you've just been injected with a chip that can sit there and send signals to the brain, receive signals from the brain, communicate to you, terminate you from a screen in Bethesda, Maryland, if they needed to. Some people got the vaccine early on.
0: And they could take a piece of metal and hold it up to their skin, and it would stay on their skin, okay? And people were saying, why is this happening? I just got the vaccine. Now, it went by the wayside. Nobody talked about it anymore. It was like, oh, well, that, that disappeared. Well, they did.
1: They tried to debunk it and say, yeah, they did this, they did that, kind of like a balloon. When you rub it against your skin, it will stick to your static electricity. Mm-hmm. But you're not rubbing the magnet against you. And even no. if you did, it's not static electricity. It's not going to hold that to your arm unless there's something on the other side of the skin that is all, you know, you, you know, know, congregating too. So well,
0: I don't know. Why is it that some people have a reaction to certain medicines and other people don't? And I think that's because we're all kind of different. We're all the same in so many ways, but we have... Our own physical idiosyncrasies. And I think that's the situation here.
1: Well, you know, if you go in and uh, you get, let's say, I get a collarbone, you know, or something like that. Right. They, they have to give you uh, a medicine to let your body uh, not reject it. Right. You know, naturally. Now you're talking about things that are organic and things that are non organic. But when you're, if there's something in the vaccine, that doesn't qualify for either or, that little thing is not going to sit there and keep your... If your body wants to reject it, it's a foreign element, it's going to reject it. And if it can't reject it, bad things are probably going to happen to you, i.e. maybe people dying because their body is rejecting that what was put into them. I was and obviously we don't know what it is because they don't tell you on the pamphlet.
0: I mentioned a little while ago about... about uh... Athletes dying, young, or or if they're not dying, they're getting blood clots or strokes. For example, uh, there was an NHL hockey player, Chris Latang, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, 35 yeah. years old. He's an all-star. He's terrific. He had a stroke last week. Now they caught it in time. He's fine. He'll be back playing soon because they got it in time. There was also an uh, NFL player uh, last week who had a stroke. I can't remember his name, but he had a stroke. They caught it early. He knew his, you know, a lot of athletes, they know their body. If they know anything, they know their body because they're doing so much with it all the time. He felt a little different, a little tingly in his legs and stuff. He went to a doctor. They found that he had had a a slight stroke, and they caught it in time. Mini stroke. But he also had been vaccinated and boosted, and most of these guys— who are dying or getting these strokes have been vaccinated and boosted. I, I see pictures of uh, soccer players collapsing on the fields in Europe. I, see, I saw a, a young lady, 28 years old, I think down in, in, uh, in uh, South America. She was exercising in a gymnasium, minding her own business, doing a, an exercise like any number of people do all the time, and suddenly she just fell forward dead. This was in this was in the news last week. Now again, mainstream media doesn't talk about stuff like this either. Because you might start as- asking questions about things like that. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, th- there's a direct correlation, but there's enough enough here to make you want to go, "Hmm, maybe we should check into it." You know? They want your kids, they're desperate to have children take the vaccination. They want little kids to get the vaccination, and you're never more immune to viruses and disease than you are when you're a child. And when you are a child, and if you get these things, your body is so robust at that stage that usually it can fight off the, the whatever it, it is that attacks you. So, uh,
1: hey. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw that this out here as a thought, not a conspiracy, but You know, we we talk about the vaccine and what it has in it and what they want. You remember back when they were going to put chlorine in the water and they did that. Mm -hmm. And all the controversy of that, that was back in what, the 70s and maybe the early 80s because it was good for you and people didn't want it in their water. And uh, But they could put things in the water. So let's say that they wanted to make sure that everybody's vaccinated. I love, I, I used to drink Cokes like it was you know, water. And I realized, not good for you. Quit. You know, I finally got a health kick. So I drink things that have zero calories, zero fat, yada, yada, yada. I actually drink the uh, the seltzer water with the mild flavor. I love the black cherry. But how do I know that they haven't put something in this thing? You don't. You don't. You don't. You know? You know, I mean, unless I get water and boil it myself... And do my own, uh, you know, distill it myself and, and whatever, you know. And I hate to say that I don't do that. I mean, I you might think I'm a fanatical and a fanatic, but I'm not. Well, and I don't do that. Bill, and, and, you
0: you don't know, and it's a good question, and it, it really we don't know. And uh, people would say, well, you got to have, you got to trust somebody. Well, yeah, but. There's been a lot of reason for us to doubt a lot of things recently. I mean, we, we can doubt, you know, they don't want you to doubt the election. They don't want you to doubt the vaccine. It's like, oh, you're you're a, quest, uh, a vaccine denier, an election denier. But if there's smoke there, there's a fire, you know, and that's how we feel about things like that. I, we we were running out of time, Bill. I, got, I wanted to tell All you. Right. I don't know if you have you heard about this. This is an Israeli company that's building a multi-billion-dollar. Let me see if I have it right here. It's called Believer Meat, uh, an Israeli company that specializes in listen to this three D printed lab grown meat with non-GMO animal cells, is currently building the world's largest commercial-scale production facility in North Carolina. Believer Meats, formerly known as Future Meat Technologies, is building its facility with an initial planned investment of $123.35 million located in Wilson County, North Carolina, which covers a site of 200,000 square feet. What they're making, they're making artificial meat. Synthetic meat. Synthetic
1: meat. Talk about not knowing what's in your food, you know? Right. And, you know, and synthetic meat. You know, there are things that were put on this planet. Uh, We have canine teeth for a reason. You know, forget about all the, I'm going to be a vegetarian, you know, whatever. We are what we are. We need what we need. We were made a certain way. And now we're, uh, somebody's out going, well, we, we need to quit doing this and we got to do that. How do we know what the long-term effects are going to be on well, us? Well, the thing that? about this
0: bill is that apparently when you get it and you it'll look and feel like the real thing, it'll cut uh-huh. like the real thing, people will say it's artificial lamb or it's artificial beef. It's not going to be like an alternative to it. They're going to put it off as being a type of... A type of lamb, even though, you know, sheep never saw this thing, you know? Ay,
1: ay, ay. But, uh, but how are they going to get the flavor in it? Do they have to, at some point in time, get the real flavor and then, you know, the other, clone
0: it? The other question is, uh, if you're a vegetarian, can you eat this? If it's not well, from I a real think animal. So
1: because it's not meat. It's because the vegetarian thing is about you don't want to eat real meat. Right. Uh, but, you know... Your chain you're, you're you're going from one living thing to essentially another living thing, you know. Are we going to finally uh, say, well, we got the artificial meat now for the meat eaters? Let's go ahead and do the artificial uh, plants for the plant eaters.
0: Well, I'm sure they're gonna. Ha- I'm sure they're gonna have that too, Bill. If they have, I'm, they probably have it in another part of this building for all we know. Hey,
1: well, be- why don't they just give you a pill that says, yeah, here's your turkey dinner, and uh, this pill here goes with it to make you feel like you just ate a bunch of food. The other thing I wanted
0: to point out before we run out of time is that over the weekend, some guy went around a community, a neighborhood, and forget the Christmas decorations. If you had a flag on your house, he went around and he lit the flag on fire. He did it to like 12 or 13 houses. Amazingly, the houses didn't catch fire. The flags all were destroyed. One one flag actually fell onto a BMW in the driveway, and the BMW was, was engulfed and and a total uh, loss. But this guy's going around burning flags. They got him. That's the good news. But I thought this would be a good time for us to end our program with uh, a reminder of what the flag really is. I found right. this, I found this bill coincidentally over the weekend in a, a pile of audio that I had, a bunch of audio and a file on my computer that I had gotten years ago. I do not know who this talent is, who does the reading. If he's listening to our program I'd love to give you credit because you did a terrific job. He's doing a reading called I Am the Flag, and uh, I think we should uh, take our program out with this. What do you think? Uh, Sounds good to me.
6: I am your flag. I've been kicked, trampled, burned, and shot full of holes. I have fought battles, but I prefer the untroubled air of a world at peace. I am your flag. I represent the freedom of humanity, and I shall fly high, thundering in silence, for the whole world to hear. My gentle rustling in the breeze sounds out the warning to all who would bury me forever. For those who have perished, for my right to freedom of flight. For those who will die, and indeed for those who will live, I stand as a symbol of freedom-loving people. I have been carried into battle in faraway lands, always for the cause of freedom. I am blood-stained, torn... Many times wearied and saddened by the thousands who've paid the supreme sacrifice. Do not let it all be for nothing. Tell me the brave has died for a worthwhile cause. Be proud of what I represent and display me for all to see. Whether you call me old glory, stars and stripes, or star-spangled banner, I shall fly forever as a symbol of your freedom, as I did for your ancestors, and I shall for your heirs
0: so if you wonder why we do this bill it's for stuff like that it's for stuff yep. like that it's for the american flag and all that it stands for and for our great audience that uh, that tunes in every day the freedom to be who we are and
1: want to be yep
0: hey buddy have a great day Monday, and we'll do this again tomorrow, okay?
1: Promise? Honest. All right, man. I'll see you then.
0: The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.